Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cascadia Corner Podcast. I am joined here today with my co-host, Stewie. I love being the top dog, baby. James. I'm here at gunpoint. <laughs> and sadly not Zach, he's busy making Christmas wishes come true at the post office um, and could not join us tonight. But... <laughs> Hey guys, how are we doing? <laughs> I'm great. I'm on yeah. cloud nine right now. It's good, uh, you know, Jake Browning just had a game when he tried something. <laughs> Justin Herbert hasn't done in like 727 days. I don't NFL. know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't need to be true. I don't care. Okay. Um, I had a great weekend. You know, I was disappointed yeah. that I went to Vegas for the UNLV game, but they lost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Caught, the, bodacious. caught the Pac-12 championship while I was there. That was fun. Uh, and a nice game. I had a great weekend, actually, now that I think <laughs> about it. Uh, hung out with my friends. That was fun. That was a hoot. Everybody got to really be my dad. It was great. It was a good time. Um, we got out Gordos. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what else There's also, you know, you mentioned that Pac-12 title game. <laughs> Obviously, Washington <laughs> taking home the last ever Pac-12 championship in Vegas. 34-31 over the Oregon Ducks. Cementing their spot as the two seed in the playoff. Oregon, their only two losses on the season to Washington get bounced to a New Year's Six Bowl. And will not be playing in the playoff. Obviously, this was the last Pac-12 championship ever. A lot on the line, huge rivalry, and just happens to be two Cascadia corner schools that we already talk a lot about. I do want to take a second before we dive into it and play narrative ball and do all those fun things we usually do. This was a fantastic football game. Both times Washington and Oregon have played I'm this sure year. I'm sure you think so. They I'm, are fantastic. <laughs> so I, truthfully, though, like even people who yeah, are watching no, as I casual agree. viewers have told me that um and i've heard this it a lot the most viewed pac-12 game ever by the way yeah <laughs> the back-to-back the irony dude <laughs> <laughs> i did think the most pac-12 thing that happened was the back-to-back uh bodex or no michael Penix and then bodex interceptions like right after each other that was very funny also, all the mascots during the national anthem out on the field <laughs> with the their little stars <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess we'll start with Washington because we talk about winners first on this podcast. <laughs> we certainly um, do. Winners win because that's what winners do. Okay. Very selfless Anyways, of you to take the lead on this, James, by the way. I'm getting out in front of it. This is a, <laughs> this is a damage control play. Uh, yeah. I mean, Washington looked like week five Washington again, all of a sudden, like nothing had happened. Like the last six weeks hadn't even happened. Um, Michael Penix looked healthy again, just magically after he seemed dead on the sideline after the apple cup. Um, the big story in this game, obviously is how Washington dominated on the lines. Oregon never got a running game going, never really was able to set up any of the play action and screen stuff. They like to do so much. Um, yeah. Oregon came out really flat in this game. Washington took advantage of it, was up 20-3 to three, uh, right before the half, and then Oregon gets that kind of miracle touchdown to save a, a decent first half. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you look at it now, like in, if you want to look at these first two years of Lanning and DeBoer, DeBoer has 100% had the upper hand. Yeah, um, it's been that entire game, like Washington came out swinging, up to a huge lead. There was the weird momentum shift that I feel like does happen to Washington quite a bit, where, like, 
second quarter or third quarter that kind of falter. Um, but obviously they were able to get back on the horse per se and close it out even after Oregon took a lead at one point in the game, um, kind of roaring back. It was an impressive effort. It was one of the most complete games UW's played in a long time. Um, certainly, I think for the most part, even when things were not going awry, they knew what they had to do. They knew what their game plan was. They knew how they were going to approach it. Kayla DeBoer is just super cool in these situations, like under pressure, does yeah. not let it phase him. And it reflects in the UW team. He, um, in my opinion, is already one of the top probably three game managers in the sport at this point. Oh, yeah. easily. Well, like, I don't know. Fantastic. Like, like maybe like. I mean, it's high. Like, I'm not saying that he is Saban, but like, he makes that like same level of in-game adjustments as Saban does. Like, it's I mean, insane. he's been doing this like his entire career. That's like what he was known for. Like, he comes into every single game, especially the big ones, with like an amazing scheme, and he's gonna punch you in the mouth right in the beginning, and then you know he's gonna react to whatever the opposing teams does. You know, Oregon comes back and you know makes it a game in the second half, and he gets the team ready and he gets them you know dialed in and ready to go for the fourth quarter to be able to pull this out. Yeah, it was it was a sight to see for Washington. Obviously, um, for Oregon, things weren't quite as sunshine and rainbows. Obviously, that first half was pretty rough, uh, barring the end of the half touchdown. The three and outs by Oregon was what was really surprising to me. I feel like in the first game, Oregon was at least getting a few first downs, forcing the Washington defense to make a play. But it was very obvious from the get-go that like Oregon's offense was not there entirely or they were not prepared yeah. in the same way that Washington was Bo Nix like looked off um, a lot more than we've seen him this year the running game couldn't get going the O-line was having some troubles a little bit with the pass rush and the run scheme and I don't it was just it was so weird but it also kind of puts into perspective like looking at the rest of the season right like, people had the question, you know, Oregon was getting a lot of hype at the end of the year, kind of come into this game and fizzle out. It's hard not to be dismissive of this Oregon team, I guess, from what you've seen this year. Still feel like they put a very solid product on the field for most of the weeks. And even in this game, like, yeah. they obviously came back. They were winning at one point. Bonex clicked back in for a little bit. Um, defense made some decent plays and, like, ultimately put themselves in a position to be competitive. Uh, I don't know. It's just it was just weird. Yeah, I mean, outside of a late backdoor cover versus Texas Tech, which was a closer game than um the scoreboard probably says it was. Like Oregon has dominated everybody this year. What? That game was not like. I'm sorry. That game was not like that game was close. That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Safe. I thought you said it was. Okay, no, I'm okay. saying it was closer than the scoreboard showed okay, because of the okay, backdoor okay, cover. Okay, never mind. <laughs> um, yeah, Oregon has dominated everybody, but I Washington just has had their number this year. I think I think Washington is specifically built really well to beat this Oregon team, just to take away its advantage that Oregon would have before the injuries on the defensive line that they would have in this game. Just how fast they get out the ball, get the ball out. It kind of neutralizes that advantage Oregon would have and attacks probably without a doubt what is the stronger the weakest part of this team which is the secondary um and then yeah I mean this Washington defense just like 
makes plays. Like that's like the only way I could explain it. Like in third down, you need to stop. They just get it no matter what. Uh, and then yeah, Oregon just didn't have answers. I mean, they did in the second half, but like, you know, you go into halftime down seventeen twenty. This game, you know, looks completely different. But just to come out so flat in such a big game, which you really shouldn't have had a problem getting up for, is kind of disheartening. Loved Dylan Johnson in this one. Like, I, that's what I came away with this. Like, Mike and the receivers are special. Jalen McMillan coming back um, gave, like, a, I guess he's been back for a few weeks, but like him being fully healthy and him being able to step up, like, yeah. was a whole other wrinkle. But like, them being able to pound the rock with Dylan, especially late in the game, um, like, that for me was like super exciting to see and like to see Grub like actually commit to that because um, he knew it was working and that he knew that it would uh, seal the victory for him. Yeah. It was it was extremely impressive in the run game, but Mike like Mike Penix looked like he was back. Oh my god! Like some yeah. of those deep shots he was taking, dude. Like the big Jalen McMillan play, dude, the that McMillan play down threw the sideline was the most oh. heartbreaking shit I've ever watched. Yeah. in my life. Like <laughs> which <dude>. one? <laughs> just just <laughs> like, like any of them. It was just like the most like Oregon would like finally like string together some stops mm-hmm. on downs, like and you'd feel like they had a chance to get the ball back. You know, late in the third quarter, fourth quarter when the tide was kind of turning back towards Washington with Oregon when Oregon had the lead and just like the most fucking heart, like tear out deep pass to McMillan. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And Jalen Polk had a, another crazy contested catch. We saw him return a little bit to form there. I just, that's why this Washington team to me, I feel like other teams, it's hard to play them because if they're firing on all cylinders, that offense is built to get huge chunk yardage. So they convert those starting longs a lot into a defense that is absolutely deflating, which is why I think that when they're rolling, defenses have a hard time being able to stop it. It just compounds and compounds and compounds, and they keep going after you. And we saw that. We saw that pace from Ryan Grubb. I, from day one, have not been a Ryan Grubb fan. I will advocate that he had a very good game plan going into this. A lot of smart decisions. There wasn't a lot that the offense was doing. I feel like, you know, there's at least one quarter where I'm like, what is the play calling? I didn't feel that yeah. really once. Even on the goal line when they were throwing, the pass concepts they were bringing out were really good. Yeah, like the last touchdown pass to um, Quentin Moore, Moore, like they yeah. kind of sealed the game. Like they ran the tight end leak when he was just like kind of sitting over on the tackle. And like that, that play like shouldn't work 90% of the time. I feel like, I feel like any like, smart and sound defense should like be able to like i don't know cover that in the bot or something and then it just works and then we just like walk away happy and i feel like that's just been like the ryan grub mentality like going to this like oh we're gonna try this and like we're just gonna execute perfectly on you know our 11 guys versus their 11 guys and you know surprise us and get this shit done it, it was just like it felt calculated the whole time even in risky situations like the pay, the play calling was just so dialed up. It felt like they were prepared for that. And you, know? you can tell they were like they were calling plays to set up other plays. Like yes, that was like Absolutely. my biggest thing with Grub. Like you know, it was just shot after shot after shot, or just like the offense was not flowing. There was no rhythm. There was no you know setting up for the play action. There was never anything that I felt like we were getting this in this game, and I felt like we got you know Ryan Grub at his peak and being able to help this team win. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, yeah, and just going back to Dylan Johnson, watching Oregon get leaned on for the second straight year in a game late in the season, 
is extremely frustrating. Oregon had Birch went down on literally the first play of this game and never returned. Papa was in and out, but like at some point you have to figure out a way to get a stop and not let you know a respectable Pac-12 back just absolutely ash you. Like I mean, literally on the last play of the game, or not last, mm-hmm. but basically the last. Like it's yeah. third and seventeen. You have a chance to get the ball back with twenty or thirty seconds. It was third and fig- nine. I thought it was seventeen. No, it was third oh. and nine to end the game. Anyways, yeah. third and nine. And you like so, have a chance to I think get the ball like, like seventeen. Though. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, something like that because there was a holding call, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, you have a chance to get the ball back and like give yourself like a chance to go down and get a field goal. And just watching that pitch play run through the defense was like the saddest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, the Washington run game and like blocking again. Just going back to that was absolutely phenomenal, and the way that the tight ends contributed to the run game. Um, Devin Culp and Quentin Moore both did a fantastic oh job God. in the trenches. And that was, that was honestly, Oregon didn't have an answer. Birch, who was their best run defender, like you said, went out. Like it just was not even in question that they'd be able to move the ball. And now Washington finds themselves in a position where like, they're feeling pretty good going into the playoff. I wholeheartedly think they are. But yeah. The flip on this game, like, this season has just been insane from Washington. Like, I don't know. Our friend Equity Bruin was talking about it, about, like, how Washington was just, like, sleepwalking through the second half of the season. I don't think that's super accurate. I think this team probably had some real fundamental problems. And honestly, like, some matchup problems in the Pac-12 that they figured out a way to win. Uh, But, yeah, now they find themselves in a game versus a really good Texas team. But, you know, like, you have to feel good about UW, like... They're, the way they win is so hard to stop. Absolutely. And I guess that can kind of transition us into playoff talk, if you guys want to go into that a little bit. Obviously, with UW taking on Texas in the Sugar Bowl, two versus three, there's a lot on the line. I guess for me personally, as a UW fan that watched the 2016 that went to the playoff, there's a weird aura around this year's UW team where it feels a lot different than it did in 2016. You know, yeah, I, um, you and I like were texting and having this conversation earlier today, um, in one of our group chats. Uh, the 2016 team, um, you know, I love Coach P and I love all all those guys on the team, and like outside of like John Ross, um, Azim Victor, uh, JoJo Mathis, like they didn't really have the aura that this team does. Like they didn't have the energy. They didn't have you know not to be cringe white guy here they didn't have the swagger you know it was just like it was hard R, R. that's crazy <laughs> they just they like they just didn't you know it just felt very mundane yeah i think that was it like we were winning we were winning big you know it felt great or whatever but like you know we got got because we weren't we weren't set up we weren't prepared to go yeah, it, it, Alabama and the Alabama Bowl. This team is built to win. That like straight up, they are built to win. However, yeah. it is like if you want a low scoring match, if you want a defensive battle, they will give you that. If you want a track meet, Washington is going to score more points than you. Like that is yeah. simply what's going to happen. And I'm like super excited going into the playoffs for this team. Yeah, it just it feels 2016. It kind of felt like they didn't have a chance from the start. 
Yeah, you know. and like that Bama defense, they went up seven zero. Question mark? Throw down the field to start? Question mark? <laughs> I saw I saw the vision for all of four minutes, <laughs> and then Alabama just sat and then on Bo them. Scarborough yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah. No, when you have a, I guess we're not gonna have a six four, two hundred forty pound running back running on us with a five eleven, hundred eighty pound middle linebacker. Like that's not gonna happen in this game. <laughs> um, no. We're not gonna get that. Um, but yeah, no, like. Texas does not have we'll preview this in a few weeks when we start like talking about the Bulls, but like Texas doesn't have the defense to be able to match up with Washington. The front mm-hmm. front seven's okay, but Oregon has a much okay. more dominant their front seven is elite. So is Oregon's. I not like. to or- like respectfully to like I love Oregon. This front seven is legit for Texas Tech. <laughs> sure. Okay. Texas. I'm just saying. You mean or be Texas, Texas sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing Texas Tech in the Sugar Bowl. Yay. Yeah. Easy dub, easy dub. <laughs> um can we can we kind of circle back to the to the game on Friday real quick? Yeah, what's up? Can we talk about Dan Lanning just for like and I won't even do it in like a troll way, like Wow, I'm so sure. <laughs> <laughs> like how much of a leash, James, do you feel like he's going to get? Like, if this is, like, how seasons continue, like, how do you feel like the leash is going to get? Um, I think he's got a pretty long leash still. I mean, he's going to win 12 games this year. Yeah, I mean, that's great. But then also, like, like are we going to get you... in year four the Ryan Day talk that everyone has? Like, oh, yeah, he wins all these games except when it comes to Michigan. Fucking fire his ass. Ryan Day is, like, one of the top three head coaches in the sport right now by the way yeah but still the fan base wants him fired okay if you have a like let's say hypothetically it gets to that point right like he wins a bunch of games he goes to the playoff you know he wins a couple playoff games because it's expanded to 12 teams has, but like ryan day hasn't won a playoff game has he yes in 2020 he's like one in four or something were they in the natty yeah in 2020 versus alabama okay anyways like, who are you going to fire that's better? Or, like, who are you going to find? Like, that's the thing I always, like, feel with firing coaches. Like, who are you going to find that's better? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know. Oh, you were that's... waving your hand. I thought you had a, something to say. <laughs> no, uh, I just, like, again, I don't think there's many yeah. people better than Dan Lightning, especially I... with him as a recruiter. Like, you are always going to have a high floor with him. And, and I think... Recovery. I was just going to say, like... It is, I don't know what the odds are of losing to the same team for two years in a row by three points. I think that there is like some absolutely <laughs> insane numbers going on with that. Like three times in a row, <laughs> not just. Yeah, or well, in two years. But, <laughs> and then two years. <laughs> a blowout game in Georgia, year one, or di- like game one. And then, you know, a pretty like, embarrassing loss are to you gonna State. Be, are you going to be satisfied if like in all these big games, like this shit keeps happening? All of them? Like ever? Like okay, I'm. You guys are gonna spank Liberty. Like that game. Yeah, that I'm game's aware. not gonna be close. <laughs> like let's let's just chalk that up as a W right now. Like, mm-hmm. and that's not really bragging rights type of thing. No. Are you like Within if this January, shit keeps happening though. and in all these big games? I think it's like is leash gonna get shorter and shorter over time. Yeah, I but like I think that happens for any coach. So, yeah, I guess so. But, like, is that happening for the next five years? Or is it happening versus a really, really good Washington team over the last two years? Like, that's the question that I think we need to I also think Dan Lanning being young plays a factor in this. Yeah, I mean, this is his first head coaching job. Yeah. Like, he's literally coached 
27 or 28 games as a head coach. But, like, yeah. I mean, all credit to him. I've flamed the fuck out of him for his, like, fourth down decision-making. and His like, fourth his down calls were good in this game. He The, the fourth down calls I mean, were great. Like, I mean, we're got... saying that because they converted them, right? Like, it yeah. would have been the same thing yeah. in the Washington game. But, like, I feel like on that drive specifically, once they crossed the 50, he was like, okay, we need to get, like, into the end zone here. And they were both of the four downs were good calls. Like, you – he realized that, like, this isn't – like, I need a touchdown in order to get back yeah. into this game. Like, before, like, you could have kicked field goals. This – no, you had to score touchdowns because Washington was, like, all over your throat in this game. Um, so, yeah, credit to him. Um, I mean, like, honestly, you want to talk – like, I want to know why this team came out so flat in that first quarter. Yeah. Like, or that first half. Like, that yeah. was – like, was like it, I don't – I don't know. I, like, it makes no sense. I don't know if it was, like – coming like, out flat and coming out stale or the fact that just like Washington came juice the fuck up for this game that, but like, like how like how do you not match that energy if you're Washington like these guys have had your number over the last year and like you're as talented as them you know you've got a Heisman level quarterback like I don't understand how you don't come firing off the ball yeah and like, like two three and outs to start like even if you want to talk about the the birch injury and the popo being out and like that definitely 100 percent hurting the run game on defense like it was two straight three and outs from they, this offense to start they are a bonex like 45 yard scramble up the sideline because braylon trice decided to leave his feet at the wrong ass time away from like holding oregon under 100 yards rushing this game they held the back yeah. to 55 yards like yeah this... i think i like not to do like rival propaganda i think Tooley being back is such a big deal for this washington team yeah and like mm -hmm. i you know Tooley's great Tooley's great as a run stuffer but like even when he wasn't in there like i saw void to yeah like blowing up your guys's interior o-line like i saw jacob bandis and tuichelele blowing up the o-line so like it was it was like worrisome i am I think curious this... as somebody who's been in a locker room setting obviously not to this level by Get the means. boys fired up, you know, come back but for the homecoming game. There is, <laughs> there is a level of like... Fuck Matt Marty, by the way. You go, you go into a game... I'd do so, anything to put that jersey on with so you boys right you now. Let me, can you let me speak? When is this it? Is, that's this is as a do. player perspective, okay? You prepare a week for a team that you think you can beat. You think you have their number. You feel like you're going to be able to get back at them. That pressure <laughs> builds and it compounds to the point where like it kind of crushes you. Are I you saying it? the lights were too bright? I am no, legitimately, I am saying the lights were too bright. I think you should psych yourself out with how much you feel like you can get this game back, if that makes yeah. sense. Do you no, think I... do you think Oregon's biggest mistake in this game was kicking the ball off to Washington? Like winning dude, the toss and kicking the ball and allowing I... them to go down there and score? I dude, like because during oh, what game was it? It was the Utah game, I think. Like, Lanning, if you watch Ducks versus them, he's like, I'm confident, you guys, like, if we get the ball for, like, if we win the toss, we're taking the ball. Like, that seemed like kind of the mentality for this team all year. Like, like it's go us down versus... and score. Suck the yeah. air out of the building right away. Like, it's Oregon versus yeah. Oregon. Like, we're going to go out and, like, kick these guys' ass. And then they deferred. And, like, I, you know, Dan Lanning is a big middle eight coach, which basically mean, means winning the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half, which we saw in this game, like get the ball or like score before half and then score coming out of the second half. But like at some point you have to win the other two, like 52 minutes of the game. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. 
it's I don't know. It's such a weird situation. And Washington this year too, when they start with the ball in the second half, they do not perform well on offense. The Ryan Grubb specialty has been Oh really? UW gets the ball second half to start, they oh, go three and out, or they stall I, out. I don't know how often, but like I can go it, back and look at it. It felt like it happened season, a few times this but year. But like so many times this year, we come out, yeah. you know, blazing in the first half. We come out in the second half and it's three and out. It happened in the first Oregon game. Yeah. It happened in Utah. It happened. And I feel I th- like yeah. we talked about it. Like Oregon is susceptible to starting slow. Yes. Like I think we talked about that leaving the game that like including the conference championship game, like half of their games have been ugly first quarters. Mm. So I think honestly, like, like I think it's impossible to have any more bad luck against Washington than they have over the last two years. But like, I feel like, yeah, it was a compound of a bunch of different, it was a compound of a bunch of different issues. I do think that Oregon not taking the ball first was a mistake. Now that you mention it, it makes a lot of sense. Oregon has like, when they get the ball first in a game, they have like that scripted drive. We're mm-hmm. just eight plays, yeah. boom, 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 boom. They march right down. Like you said, they deflate the building. Like, like there's what? no they hope. They did it in the platy where they just got the ball yeah. and they held onto it for eight minutes and scored a touchdown and just yeah. like physically dominated the beeves. Like, do that again. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know what Dan's laying Like, And again, he's young. I do, for all the shit we talk about, you know, these teams that we don't like, Dan Lanning is a very good coach. And I am confident yeah. that at some point, he will be able to fix these issues. Is it against Washington? I personally hope not. I'm sure it will eventually happen one of these We're days. We're never beating Washington. Um, <laughs> James, um, do you want to say your favorite line of the weekend? No. That's an us joke. <laughs> do you want to say your favorite line? I don't. Okay. <laughs> the graphic's going to go crazy now. Just watch, guys. <laughs> But yeah, I don't. Dan Lanning will eventually figure it out. He just the game plan always is different from what is the status quo when Bro, Oregon plays like, Washington. It's yeah, so it, bizarre. It feels like the mental is broken yes. versus Washington, like a hundred percent at this point. That's what it feels like, a hundred percent. Yeah, they're they're on the back foot, not, and they're usually this Oregon team is usually very aggressive and in your face. I yeah, I mean we were all there. Going like between the third and fourth quarter, did you guys like watch the team on the sidelines? Like, did you guys see what was going on? UW no. huddled up all, you know, together. Mike's in the middle, Rome, Kalen, they all get the guys ready. Oregon like wasn't like a cohesive unit. And I felt like mm. to me, I like that's when I saw like the game like flip because I totally thought Oregon was gonna like walk away with this like throughout the fourth quarter and like just I was going to go home very sad. No, when I saw that, it was like, oh, yeah, no, they're defeated. Like, they are not getting up for this quarter. Yeah. I mean, if being in a big group maybe is like the answer to shout. <laughs> 1.92 yards per carry from Bucky, then I blame <laughs> that. I'll, but it really was shout. The fact they didn't let us shout <laughs> that was it. is actually the reason it was I'm raps. joking. It was actually like, so raps. Like, Oregon always a shout in the fourth quarter. And then the you know what's goal. crazy? And, like, I'll actually have Dan Lanning hate for this. They did nowhere to run and nowhere to hide, which is, like, kind of a new thing they started in the platy. And if they chose to do that instead of shout, I will be pretty disappointed. Because, like, I feel like... <laughs> Shout's like your guys' whole thing. <laughs> I know. That's why I'm like... Like, clearly they got to play a song. So, like, why wasn't it Shout? 
<laughs> if they're trying to take our shadow away, dude, I'm gonna Might lose be my Jover, mind. dude. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It it really is just so bizarre to see how this Oregon team mentality mental like, broken, dude. Their like mental shifts. CS game. It, broken. Mental broken. Yeah. yeah, mental broken, dude. Don't look at tab. Don't look at the leaderboard. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's bizarre. It really is. And like, I'm sure the rest of the country hopes that Oregon figures it out so this rivalry can be competitive um, and not just flip fourth all streaky like. Um, I can't handle another three point victory, man. <laughs> I can't. I can't. I wanted. I wanted the blowout. Like I wanted you to have like as soon yeah. as we were up I like <laughs> I could not I could not imagine your pain, dude. <laughs> I, want, I wanted I dude, I'm so over this shit. I'm so over my Are blood you? pressure going through. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just I'm so tired of the close wins. <laughs> James I'm gonna do not ask James you. about <laughs> Like uh, either blow him out, get blown out, I don't care. <laughs> Um, no, I was thinking about it, like, last night. This is, like, the first time, like, I feel like in our lives, I don't know about 1960s UW Oregon Ball. I don't really care to find out. Um, but, like, this is the first time in our lives where, like, both teams are good. Both teams mm-hmm. are, like, you know, top teams in the country. UW's 3-0 in these matchups. And, like, when UW decides they want to wake the fuck up and have a football program, it means they beat Oregon. So, until Oregon takes another, or until UW takes another siesta... Like we're just gonna continue beating that ass. Are you doing Oregon only one twelve straight because UW was napping? Is that your angle here? Yeah, we were taking a nap. <laughs> okay, that is quite so literally referred to as the dark age of Husky football. By the way, because um, we were taking a little nap. I was actually talking to Dewey's father about this. About like as an Oregon fan, this is honestly the first time like UW has owned us. And it has added a new wrinkle to this rivalry that honestly, like, <laughs> makes my, like, hatred and, like, makes it so much more real for me. Not that I, like, didn't think it was a real rivalry, but, like, like I mean, 2016, 2017, like, those were straight up bad Oregon teams. Like, this is, like, this was honestly probably a top 10 Oregon team ever. And, like, UW just, like, went 3-0. and didn't, didn't blink in the face of, like, Oregon potentially winning these games. So, it's good. This is, I mean, or UW fans now get to talk shit for the next 51 weeks or whatever it is until our matchup next November. Um, yeah, mental broken. Bookmarks cashed <laughs> Last in. Pac-12 game ever. I will say, I will say the good part about this rivalry, no matter who's winning is when they're both good. This is a national stage, like, spotlight game. Um, the past couple seasons have made that very obvious. Obviously, Washington flipping the script last year in the 2022 game kind of made everybody look. And then when I, all eyes were on this game the first time around, like it delivered and it delivered yeah. again. The fact that it's been a stage. classic every time. Yeah. It's so annoying. This is, it is very <laughs> right, annoying. Right, it's as, so annoying. <laughs> it's, it's annoying as fans of these programs, but I love that the rest of the country gets to watch it because Let we've been screaming this. Let me turn this game off at halftime, I beg it. <laughs> <laughs> we've been screaming this from the rooftops, the potential that this rivalry has, and like, it gets showcased, and I, I love that that's you know it's crazy where the rivalry's at. What's like, up? now that it's a Big Ted rivalry, they're going to market the shit out of this. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, this like, look how good huge. this rivalry is. They're going to give this rivalry an actual name and not just Hate Week. It's not Cascade <laughs> Clash. Weekend. I won't call it the Cascade Clash. Is that what they're like? That's what ESPN called it, like, like when they did, like, the graphic for the first game. They didn't do it this time because I think it was, like, a conference championship. Or the Border War. The Border War is kind of, like, whatever, though. 
I yeah, feel like I, a lot it's of not very. Rivalries are called the border war. <laughs> yeah, I like hate week. Like I like just Oregon versus Washington, and not know. like that cringe, like that team up north or that team down south. Shit. <laughs> no, I can say Washington yeah. Oregon week. <laughs> <laughs> I am known. I'm known for calling them the team down south. By the way, <laughs> I saw I saw a graphic from a Wazoo fan account, and during Apple Cup week, they crossed out the W's in Washington, but it's like <laughs> Washington State is your school's name. <laughs> The whole Can reason we're my... from Michigan is because, yeah. Two sentences on Oregon Liberty. Yeah, go for it. If Oregon does not win this game by 40 <laughs> points with, I don't care who at quarterback, me, I will be disappointed. Yeah, no, I I like, would actually be disappointed too. I hate like, Liberty. I have, a, I, like... I have a much bigger opinion about like how it kind of sucks for this Oregon team. Like, I wish they had gotten a better opponent. Like, this team, like you may like oh Liberty's thirteen and zero. Go look at like whoever they've played. They were in a <laughs> dogfight with Sam Houston State. They've played Dakota Wesleyan. <laughs> like, <laughs> did the birds play Sam Houston last year and they won? So <laughs> they played but Southern they, Utah, Dakota Wesleyan, and Utah Valley. <laughs> they and Central Washington University. <laughs> they benched their starters last year because they were moving up. So like everyone redshirted, so they have another year of eligibility this year. Anyways. Like, yeah, I, like, don't really have an opinion on this game. I It's disappointing. It would have been cool to get, like, Mizzou or Ohio State in, like, the Cotton Bowl or the uh, or in the Fiesta Bowl versus a opponent that's decent. Um, yeah, like, if Oregon doesn't fucking mutilate Liberty, I will be severely disappointed. Well, especially because Bo Nix is playing. Bo Nix has come out yeah. and publicly said he's going to play in the bo- uh, bowl okay. game, which... I, I had a question about that. Did Bo Nix publicly say it, or did Dan Lanning say it and ruined Bo's moment of like doing it uh <laughs> did Dan learn the moment for Bo or like I'm not sure I, I Bo like said it but I saw that there was like an official thing. because on Friday night in the post game he was like I'm gonna let Bo make that decision because, because Bo was like I'm not sure if I'm gonna play or not and then yesterday when, when I like came out I felt like it came out in the Dan Lanner Dan Dan Lanner landing press conference Landing. was like oh yeah Bo's playing in the bowl game like he just like mentioned it Oh. I felt like it was a bigger deal. Either way, though, like kudos to Bo because obviously a lot of quarterbacks in his spot would not be playing. I think it's cool that he wants to play and finish the season out. Every team. college football game he can fucking get his hands on, he will be playing in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try to preserve that record till the end of time. <laughs> Dylan Gabriel's breaking it next year, dude. Dylan Gabriel already has 50 games started, by the way. <laughs> can Dylan Gabriel break it next year? Uh, Yeah, because I'm pretty sure Bo is at. 61 i think after the conference championship so it would be 62 and then before the bowl game dylan gabriel if he starts all 12 would be at 62 so yeah dylan gabriel is gonna break the record next year no matter where he plays which by the way if you haven't heard this news already uh the rumor right now is that dylan gabriel is gonna transfer to oregon and will rogers is transferring to university of washington and i'm transferring to oregon state because <laughs> that's their best option. Because yeah, uh, or Benzel Branson, please respect Benny G. Yeah, um, um, Benny G goat. has to be out of eligibility. No, he's poor Zach. Aiden Childs <laughs> entered the portal today. Maybe it's a good thing Zach couldn't be here. It'd be kind of depressing to talk about the Beavers. He was happy uh, about the Trent Bray hire, though. True. Yeah, Trent, Trent Bray is a great hire. Head coach for the Oregon State Beavers. That's a good pivot. 
Yeah. Can you tell we don't have show notes tonight, guys? (laughs) Can you tell, listener? Show note (laughs) machine broke. (laughs) (laughs) A bunch of show note merchants, dude. Um, Yeah. But I I think think it's it's a great hire. hire. Um, It seemed like he was maybe going to be able to hold some guys there and not keep them from transferring. It appears there will be some that transfer out. Aiden Childs is very sad. I guess the rumor is he's going to Michigan State with um, Smith. Meh, See, I whatever. thought the whole thing was that like him and Smith were beefing. Like They didn't like each other. Anymore. Everything yeah. I've seen was that like it's rumored that that's his preferred but, pick. Yeah, I've also seen that like he's going to MSU. So, but yeah. who knows? Damon Martinez is coming back next year, which is fucking hype. Like, that's so real of him, and he's been very outspoken about it, which I think is dope. Um, he also got arrested, didn't he? Okay. No, I'm I, not yeah. Oh, yeah. Be a dick, but, like, that's what happened last week, or a few days ago. Did it he happen did. this week? I think it happened. And, like, on... Wednesday night. Wednesday or Thursday yeah. night. Because I feel like I was in Vegas when I saw that it happened. Well, you were in Vegas for 12 days. Yeah. Fair. Um, but yeah, I think also something to mention talking about the transfer portal, Cam Ward of Wazoo obviously entered his name into the portal when it opened Not right now. The rumor is like Ohio state. Dude, that'd be so <laughs> real. If you went to Which Ohio is state, that'd be like Oregon, insane first to think pick, about. Ohio state, second pick. I'm like very worried about Wazoo next year. Um, Lincoln Victor is going to the NFL. Uh, Kelly's but, transferring. Kelly's transferring. Have we gotten word out of Kyle Williams? I want to say I saw he's coming to the draft, but I don't know. No, My Wazoo connection said there's confidence in the building for next year. Yeah. They feel okay yeah, about they're it. They're always f- confident and going 4 8, by the way. <laughs> okay, and but I feel like. I'm not in West Schedule. I feel like they had an idea of who was going to leave before. Yeah. You know? Like, I, I feel, feel like, like the writing's been on the wall for around. Cam Ward for a minute. Yeah. You I forgot about John Mateer. Yeah, John Mateer's staying. That's all that matters. The QB one. Friend of the show, John Mateer. Is that true? Yeah. Remember yeah. I took a picture with him? Okay, that... <laughs> all right, man. <laughs> yeah, that counts. Uh, we have something that... else to talk about, but I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> we can't talk about the final oh. standings. I will the pick up, Wait, no, way. shut up, shut up, okay, shut up. fine. Uh, Oregon State, Notre Dame in the... Who's oh. playing in this fucking game bowl? Because <laughs> nope. <laughs> and the it Tony is... the Tiger Sun Bowl. Yeah, it is the it... Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl in El Paso. El Paso. It's gonna be the walk-on bowl, dude. I don't know who's playing <laughs> this thing. Like, I imagine nobody from Notre Dame who's everybody like, in this game they're... is in the NFL draft. They're gonna start me, Zach James, um, and Dewey. <laughs> Tobias Merriweather. He's like probably Notre Dame's most talented wide receiver. He's already hit the portal. Yeah. And he's expected to be at UW. Joe Alt, the first round tackle, won't play for Notre yeah. Dame. Uh Hartman won't play. Oh, I forgot their running back's name. Uh Estime won't play the running back. Yeah, no. Oregon State won't have their quarterback or running back. They won't have their first two quarterbacks. It's Pengel Branson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This Pengel is gonna Branson be Branson versus random Catholic walk on <laughs> a mid off for the ages that I will watch every minute. I of. will be there no matter what. That game's what. gonna be so fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, but like with the year Oregon State has had and they have a chance to win nine games again. Yeah. Like that's kind of insane. It is like insane. just even from the start of or like going from last season with the talent they lost on that defense and now this year with like 
losing your coach and everything. And you, you know, you have a chance to win 10 games last year, nine games this year with a harder schedule. Like they were very close to knocking off UW, like very, yeah. very close. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, they had three, three point losses and I mean, I guess the Washington game was a two point loss, but honestly, like an insane coaching job. I know yeah. Jonathan Smith is gone now. Trent Bray, who has been the mastermind behind that defense. Like, as a guy who didn't even really want to be a head coach in the first place, you have to feel pretty confident he's not going to go anywhere. He's alumni. Like, yeah. I. If I you're asking me which... <laughs> yeah, but, like, Trent Bray, like, yeah, didn't... Like, he was like, I don't really want to be a head coach. Like, I'm good just being the DC at Oregon State forever. And, like, <laughs> had uh, head coach aspirations. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, like... Peterson groomed him into being a head coach somewhere. And I think Jonathan Smith, when he said, like, I'm not going anywhere, he was before we knew how good of a head coach he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I think um, all things considered, like, I don't know. It's so hard after seeing Aiden Childs at the portal, but, like, coaching-wise, they're okay for now. Um, yeah, and, I mean, they're going to survive these two years with the Mountain West gone. Like, and the Pac-12 still gets an automatic bid if they're one of the high five highest seeds. So, like, there's a really solid chance we see Oregon State in the playoff next year. Oh, my God. No, I want a playoff game in Pullman, Washington so bad. That would be so <laughs> Oh, my God. So I funny. That would be so good. want. Holy shit. 25,000 packing into corn dogs at market. the land. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Can you imagine, like... Who would be there? Uh, Alabama fans taking over Pullman. Washington. No, no, it has to be someone bad. Uh, yeah, like it would be like Kansas Liberty State this year. fans showing Air up Force. to Pullman. Air Force. Air Force to Pullman. They're gonna play oh, twice gosh. there that year. Oh, I don't know how that's gonna work. Are they just like because I imagine Oregon State and Washington State, State will play on Rivalry Week next year? Is the winner of that game just the winner of the Pac-12? How does that work? Like. <laughs> Did they confirm that's what's happening? I thought that we was like, we don't know what's going on as far okay. as like their championship <laughs> game. Um, uh, funniest playoff scenario. Um, Penn State fans realize that they don't have the hardest stadium to get to anymore, and that it's actually <laughs> Washington State. <laughs> it's the it's battle of how the yeah. fuck do I get there? You you have to fly to Spokane, dude. Like, and then and then right. Pray that the like highway that goes ninety <laughs> minutes south. Pray that you're not snowed in at the time. Yeah. Or fly to Seattle and drive six hours. Pray that Snoqualmie Pass isn't closed. Or drive through Oregon and pray that I eighty is also not closed. Like, there's no airports in Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> there's, so, there's Boise, but that like that's yeah. like the same problem. <laughs> Go Cougs. Goku's baby. I can't believe they're killing this team. Makes me so sad. Um. So yeah, I was I was cutting it up after the game. I was getting some laughs for sure out of my pain. (laughs) Yeah, you've if you guys follow us on Twitter, you've probably seen images circulating of James sitting in a chair with uh, uh, either nerd glasses on or he's feeling audacious. Yeah. Or friend of the show, Reed and I just absolutely shell shocked watching this <laughs> yeah. team go down by seventeen the in the first half. That no truck stops posted of <laughs> our buddy Reed and James sitting next to each other, both in different <laughs> states of despair, was really funny. I felt bad for them for like all of ten seconds. 
And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is probably hard for them. And then I realized my team's never lost in the conference championship game. <laughs> so I don't know how they're feeling, and I don't care anymore. <laughs> Treshawn touchdown gave me hope. There was, there <laughs> was a second. Hope. There was a split second. There was a split second there. <laughs> yeah, it was The fun. Dylan Johnson slip? Yeah, dude. We almost had slipping to 2.0. I, I almost left. <laughs> I almost... <laughs> Did they put that turf like on top of grass though? Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Was... The Raiders don't allow people yeah. to touch their grass. Insane. <laughs> Stay so off it my was turf. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it looked like grass. I was convinced oh, it was. Grass. Did you not see all the pictures and the media people? Oh, the, game talking the crease about marks. It I just yeah, saw the crease like marks. Creases and it was like rolling and it was like shifting in some spots. So like people were like worried about like snatching ACLs in this game. I was wondering, I'll, I was like, shouldn't there be grass marks everywhere? But then, like, I was, like, too busy about watching my team lose to our rival again for the second time in a year. Um, so I kind of moved on. To, yeah, you, third didn't, in a row. you didn't have to mention that part. We were going to let you off easy. <laughs> no, you weren't. <laughs> I was. It always comes back. I will, I've learned from my mistake and will predict UW to go 7-5 and five next year. I have learned. Um <laughs> This game, the battle for bowl eligibility next year, the Big Ten. Dude, oh my god. Incredible. Never wrong, just early. <laughs> Little do, like, Big Ten fans are going to be so excited. Little do they know both of these teams are retooling next year. Like, <laughs> Oh, that's what we do. Matt, or we'll go around in a circle and give our one, sent- one, one, one sentence review on each team's season. We'll start okay. bottom to top. Wazoo, Matt. Um, the start was fun. That's all I got. Because I don't want to talk about the back half of their schedule. <laughs> they almost went bowling. Almost. Do we? A lot of meat left on the bone. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of meat left on the bone. Uh, you know, they could have pulled off a lot more than they yeah. did. They should have won nine games. I feel like you gotta go with like just disappointing. Like they blew some insane yeah. games. And the ultimate. Miss... Oh, can I change my answer? Oh, we a... missed the layup. <laughs> the ultimate Kuget, dude. Yeah, yeah. Kuget, no, that ultimately, that was it. <laughs> and like the most Kuget part is like they like pretended like they had a chance at the end. They almost beat like, Washington. Like they like <laughs> they blow out Colorado and then they like almost beat Washington. Like. It's like that moment of the game where they're like driving late yeah. and then it's a turnover and you're like, oh, never mind. They blew this 15 point lead in the second half. By the way, I've never felt more confident that Udo was going to lose than on that last Wazoo drive. Like wholeheartedly, even compared to the Oregon game, the yeah. Utah game, all the weird games they've played, Arizona State. Like I, in that moment, felt that there was the highest likelihood of losing was that drive. That was more than a sentence. Okay. Oregon State. Okay. Fuck. I didn't... Dude, it's not a fucking interview. Just it's say hard, what you're thinking. Dude. Say it's what you're hard. thinking. I can't condense it into one sentence. That's the problem. Can somebody go ahead of me? I will. Okay. Great team that had fatal flaws. Snakes in the grass. Smith kind of fucked over this team. Beaver bias. 
Yeah. Yeah. Beaver buys. <laughs> Do we get? Say no, it can we can we move on to the next one? I, I, no, can we move on. Just say what you thought on their season. Matt's supposed to go first. Oh, but this is fucking stomping him like it's an AP calculus test. <laughs> so, yeah, dude, you at, go, please. Are we at Oregon now? <laughs> yes, we are. I want James to go first. Um, hard ceiling. <laughs> There was a hundred percent a hard ceiling on this team, and it was you, Dub. Sure, sure, Matt, go ahead. Not bodacious. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess if I had to put it into other terms, I would say something like, "Yeah, that makes sense." A very generic statement, because like, yeah, Oregon going eleven and two or whatever makes and perfect losing, sense. Losing the big one in the most <laughs> heartbreaking fashion. Like, yeah, no, yeah. that is that's this <laughs> is a very typical Oregon. On paper, this looks like, like a great Oregon season. By the way, like they go eleven and two, they're probably gonna win their yeah. six bowl. They get a January January win. You look under the cloth, and there's <laughs> fucking bodies everywhere. <laughs> Rooted in substance. <laughs> Playing for clicks. <laughs> no, they play for clicks. Rooted in substance. Oh, really? I'm Wait, so excited no, for the next dude. Oregon oh, cinematic movie. We're not getting one. You guys ruined it. You ru- Washington ruined it for everyone. We don't get I, any more now. I know how much you're hurting right now. <laughs> dude, okay. A little behind the scenes, I was so ready to post that at Washington Fitz after. I was just going to post that picture. I was so ready, and they took it from me. It would have been great. I know. It was going to bang so hard. (laughs) (laughs) And they took it from me, dude. All right. One sentence about next year. (laughs) No. No. Why not? We have more team to talk about. Oh. Um, Fraudulent. (laughs) <laughs> they can't keep getting away with this yeah no honestly that's fine no that's fine that's fine that's fine i start first fucking matt and no fucking truck stop steals it without like absolute stolen valor and then now matt both mats fuck matt basically uh yeah they can't keep getting away, they can't with, keep getting away with it did you see they, they had a it. negative or a organ had a Positive win it post game win expectancy of this it game. It was like almost 50 50, by the way. But like, like still. Still. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> you don't mine. win football games on a f- spreadsheet, you dork. Dude, this is the most <laughs> Pug, annoying Pug. fucking U dub narrative this year. Is like, actually, numbers just don't matter. Win games, lol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just win games. <laughs> it's literally like. <laughs> just like the Giga Chad meme of like the no, exactly. super bad and saying all these numbers and then <laughs> the Utah fans just like scoreboard Utah fans <laughs> are the Chad stop baseballing here. my fucking sport please <laughs> I don't care about your expected nerd stats I don't care we win it's the as most a, annoying thing in the world as a non-believer in analytics can I, I say my line for Utah yes sorry Dewey yeah. um Winners win because that's what winners do. God, that's crazy. That, that so line fucking was cringe. no. That line was ingrained into UW the moment Kalen DeBoer got onto campus, and he got the buy-in from every single player and made them believe that they could be champions. DeBoer showing up to three NFL wide receivers. Winners win, yay! Yeah, that were all in the portal when he got there, and he got them to stay. By the way, 
he got to get there early before the portal opened. That's a true fact, by the way. <laughs> because guess what? Jimmy Lake. That was the time. Those, the those timeline all, of Jimmy, Jimmy Lake Lake's not team. punching a player is the one some version of me lives in, and I think that's so cool for him. <laughs> it ain't this one, pal. I hate to say it. Um, do you want to do a quick like look ahead? Yeah, why not? All right, um, Matt. Hopefully, you don't take fifteen minutes for each one this time. Give me Wazoo. Um. I hope it goes well. <laughs> All right, I man. Just, the, I, I don't know. I think this Wazoo team does have some elements working in their favor with John Matera and stuff. But I'm just <laughs> not confident that they will You heard it float. here first. Bet the house on John Matera. Just like bet the house on Utah, but plus nine and a half. That was free money. That was I, so I have your ticket still, by the way, from Vegas. <laughs> Get rid of it. I'm going to frame it. <laughs> Don't frame it. it. James Did took go... Oregon money line and Oregon spread, by the way. Do you have it by you? Did I go over six? I can't look. It's in the living room. That's oh. where my wallet is. It's still Anyways. my wallet. Dewey? Ben Arbuckle. Okay. <laughs> Their entire. I guess we're just doing one word now, by the way, or just, a name. That's two However words, you're feeling. By the way, <laughs> sure. Uh, the entire season relies on Ben Arbuckle going into next year. His bag is so deep. Yeah. Like if his bag is as deep as this, like the talent doesn't matter. And I think this will be a. What's the word I'm looking for? Like this next season will define how the next 15 years are for the Cougs, undoubtedly. Like if they're able to, like, because I think Oregon State, spoiler alert, is gonna do pretty good in the the mountain west merger or reverse merger or whatever ends up being and kind of elevates like if the cougs can can hang on with oregon state i think they're setting themselves up pretty good if they flop i think they are setting themselves back to be like 15 years behind the curve all right matt oregon state it could be worse hmm because I really think with their new head coach and the position they're in and the program they've been able to build up, you're obviously losing some of your best players in the portal. You're getting Damian Martinez back. I feel like you're getting a good chunk of guys to stay that have been around the program. It's winning ways. A coach that already fully embraces this culture. Like, there's no culture change, really. Mm -hmm. um, I think they'll be just fine. And especially with a schedule, you know, that favors them in a Mountain West conference yeah schedule but like agreement i think they'll be just fine i think that they have a chance to run the table and like i know they won't be in that conference but if they were like they'd be at the top of those teams um but i really feel comfortable in saying they'll be a winning program again next year i don't think that's a stretch by any means do we build the dam um you guys got a lot of resources you guys got a lot of great players coming back next year um there's a lot to look forward to. I know, like, it's fucking heartbreaking what's going on at the Pac-12. Um, you know, being left without a home when you guys are, like, well more than deserving to go and be in a power conference. Um, you know, it sucks. Um, but build the dam. Go, go continue to find the underrated talent along the West Coast. Go continue to develop. Go get guys like um, Talia Sifuaga. Go get the more another Damien Martinez go get these guys and just continue to fucking win because it's yeah. the best thing you can do for yourselves 
yeah i agree with that i would say promising like i know it sucks like i like i know it's contradicting for me to say that it sucks but like i, I know recognize how much you're that. hurting right now <laughs> i know how much you're hurting right now um but yeah i think i think in the next two to four years we're gonna see multiple conferences go through what the pac-12 just went through and oregon state will be happy that they're out in front of it i really do um like literally the acc within the next 12 months is probably going to go through what the pac-12 just went through and there will be the same amount of like there will be teams in the same exact position um so yeah i i think Trent bray is a great hire i think the fact that so many players have stayed even though like i know you've lost Aiden Childs and that sucks but like there is a lot of promising stuff going on with this program and i think you kind of just have to hunker down and survive the next couple of years all right matt oregon oregon Have to get over the hump. Yep. Because I think wholeheartedly in a new conference, Oregon's going to have new people to beat up on, and they're also going to have new people to have to overcome. And I think it'll take more than just beating Washington in the last game of the year. You're going to have to start beating programs like Penn State, Michigan State. You're going to have to find ways to pull off wins against Ohio State and Michigan whenever you get the chance to. And I think Dan Lanning, if you want to switch the narrative about big games... You're definitely going to have your shot next year to do that. Yeah. Do we? Money talks. Um, you know, this Oregon team can do whatever they want as long as, you know, they can get their billionaire donor to do whatever they want. They can hope, I mean, not hopefully for me, but hopefully for you, James. Multiple can, billionaire dollars. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. They can, you know they can start building a better yeah. team to overcome whatever the fuck's going on there that's preventing them from getting over the hump. So, yeah, money talks. Use it. Uh, Pay the players. <clears throat> I have a very different outlook. I think it's survive year one. Really? I, I think that this Oregon team is losing a lot. I think this O-line is... like, And when I... Obviously, like from an Oregon perspective, when I say survive year one, I mean don't go six and six. I mean, like, have... And, like... We we don't know what a good record looks like next year in the Big Ten. Like it could be nine and three, and that could be a fucking amazing season, or it could kind of be like how it's been. And you know, you're looking for eleven and one, twelve and zero. Um, I think this that Washington game showed us that this O line is probably another year or two away from being where we need it to be. I think the defensive line recruitment is going extremely well, but those guys can't come in and play day one. At least most of them. Um. A new quarterback. I think you need to go into the Big Ten and have a solid season and, you know, get in a quarterback that you can actually develop because, like, that is such a big deal in college football right now. Because, like, with these transfer guys, you really don't know what you're getting. Uh, So, yeah, survive, have a solid season, and look forward to 2025. (laughs) All right, Matt. Washington. I think it's funny you mentioned that about Oregon because that's kind of how I'm feeling about UW. Got to be in survival mode. Obviously, you're losing a lot of your team, like Oregon is, but I feel like for Washington especially, you have your Heisman finalist quarterback leaving. You have an elite, probably top 10 pick wide receiver leaving. The best parts of your defense are going to be leaving. Um, I don't know. I With what I've heard about the transfer portal and who UW's going to go after, I am hopeful 
that they will be competitive and be a winning team next year. Um, I just don't know if they'll be in a position to dominate the Big Ten year one. I think DeBoer is going to have to find ways. I know that the trades for Portal is a big thing, but I do think he has to pick it up in recruiting a little bit, um, whatever fashion that is, because you have to start to load this roster back up. Mm -hmm. Um, You're losing so much fifth-year senior production that, like, there's a lot of pieces to replace it with how well this team's done. Like, it's just... I don't want to say not possible. Anything's possible, but, like, it's basically impossible to reach where you're at now next season with the pieces you have. Yeah. Do we? Can you guys hear me? Yes. Sorry. Um, Mike went boom, boom. Um, stay hungry. Uh, you know, no matter what happens this year, even like, you know, you win one game, you win both of these games coming up, but like, it doesn't matter. Stay hungry. Um, go, you're losing, like what Matt said, you're losing a bunch of impact starters um, on both sides of the ball going into the draft. You know, the guys that are staying, stay hungry. Don't be, don't settle for what you had this year just because, you know, you don't think your team's just as good, but reload and go kick some fucking ass in the Big Ten, please. Um, the schedule favors it. Like, the schedule, you know, hardest games next year is going to be, um, you know, Michigan at home going to Penn State, who I think isn't as good as everyone always thinks it is, and they always lose these big games, um, and then Oregon. So, you know, if you go 2-1 in those, you're finishing the season most likely 11-1. and one. Yeah. And you're a playoff team again. My question is, can DeBoer do it again? Yes. I think you, you're just saying yes. Uh, his track record, yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, he's... <laughs> At least at the the FBS level, he's done it with Hayner. He's done it with Penix, who he had uh, a history with. Like, can he go in and get an SEC guy and with a less talented roster than he has this year, go out and do it again? I th- like. I feel like the track record so far at Washington says yes, but I am very curious to see if he can do it again and hopefully pick up recruiting. Because like I know recruiting isn't everything, and the joke about Oregon only being able to get recruits, but um. You can't recruit at the level of Rutgers and hope to pretend like play for Big Ten championships. It's picking up right now. They're they're on the rise, and you'll. That's see what I'm and, saying, though. Like, and DeBoer, DeBoer doesn't love high school recruiting classes. He likes the transfer portal. So you'll always see, um, you know, you know, maybe we don't finish in the top ten or fifteen in high school recruiting, but then we finish, you know, hopefully top five, top ten in the transfer portal class. Yeah. Um, anything else? I don't know why I'm in charge of this episode now. I kind of just like <laughs> you hijacked. It, I'm in charge okay. now. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening to another no, episode of Cascade. What we salute. Um, one final goodbye to our very good friend, the Pac-12. We're all saluting. This is an audio-only podcast, but we're all saluting. Um, um, just know that the Pac-12 gave me like so much in my life, um, and I know for you guys too. Like you know. We all grew up fans of these sport teams. We were on this conference for our entire lives, and to see it come to an end, it was so sad. Um, you know, it still barely hit me. Um, you know, this podcast has given me, you know, a bunch of wonderful people in my life. Or I guess this uh, conference has given me so many wonderful people in my life, and it just, like, sucks to think that, like, that common entity is just gone. Yeah. It's just, it's just gone. So. Yeah. Hard to stomach. Grew up a... Uh... Pac-10, Pac-12 fan, it's 
going to be difficult to get used to, but we move on, and this podcast will still be around because we're regionally locked, so good for that. Um, but until next time, make sure to follow us on Cascadia underscore corner on Twitter. Make sure you leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. Drop us a sub. Drop us mm-hmm. a follow. And check our personal handles in the description. Hi, Guac. Hi, Connor. Hi, Gary. Hi, Chad. Hi, Chad. No way all those people listen to this. I'm sure they do. We can Hi, assume. Briar. Hi, Briar. <laughs> but until next time, horns down. Horns down, baby!